Hey, Ethan, this is Jim Ryan. And this is Susan Ryan from New York City. Congratulations on the first wonderful 50 episodes of Fans on the Run. We're looking forward to many more great things from you. Here's to the next 50 and beyond. Hello, Fans on the Run. Ethan, congrats, man, on your 50th show, your podcast. It's great. I've been on it. He's been on it. Maybe once in a while, these guys next, I don't know. Yeah, I'd love to do it. Continued success, Ethan. We'll see you at the 100th show. Cheers, mate. And hi there, Ethan. This is Joe Mayo, a.k.a. Mean Mr. Mayo. And I'm really proud of you for having 50 great shows. Keep it up. And with you, my young friend, there is hope for the future. <laughs> hey, Ethan, it's Ken Michaels here. And I heard you're celebrating your 50th uh, episode. You almost have as many as we do. How dare you? But anyway, you've been doing a great job. Keep up the great work. You are representing the youth, the young Beatle fans, future generations, and uh, don't want to put too much pressure on you by saying that. But uh, keep up all the great work, and happy 50th from all of us. Ethan, I want to offer you my sincere congratulations on your 50th episode of Fans on the Run. You know, it goes without saying when you first kicked off this podcast, I knew uh, not only was it a fantastic idea, it's also one that I know only you could have created and it's been simply stunning so here's to the next 50 episodes and oh by the way this is a special episode of fans on the run a podcast made by four and about beatles fans and now here's my friend and your host ethan alexander hello 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 uh wait no i'm not gonna use that that weird <laughs> actually it's like no, someone's pumped yeah actually no i might just leave that in because yeah. that, that's on brand. Yeah, that's true. All right, welcome back to Fans on the Run. Often imitated, never duplicated. Your favorite Kamikaze Beatles podcast. Well, who'd have thunk? It's episode 50. It's also the first day of the new year, but it's episode 50. Does this really seem like the show that should have 50 episodes by now? The answer is probably no, but here we are. And you know I'm I'm proud of this little little ragtag show I've had so far, and it's I think I've gotten some really good guests along the way, and I, I'm I'm again I'm really proud of it so far, and hopefully, you know you out there listening have uh, enjoyed it too, you know uh, I'm picking up new listeners all the time, and hopefully they stick around for the ride, and I or oh. And I'm stumbling over my words because I'm I'm so emotional. No, um, speaking of uh, good guests I've gotten so far, um, I have brought one back because this is the episode. This is all the other episodes have been building up to this, where everyone is asking me like, "What's your Beatles story? How did you listen to the Beatles?" And I've tried to dance around the subject. This is why today the tables have turned. I will turn it over now to my guest host. That's your cue. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hello, everybody. The show is now mine. I'm taking it over. This is Kiddo Tool. Uh, I am the author of Songs We Were Singing, Guided Tours Through the Beatles, Lesser Known Tracks, as well as Michael Jackson, FAQ, All That's Left to Know About the uh, and I am uh, so Mikey honored. Mikey J. My, um, yep, 
Mickey J, MJ, and I am really uh, thrilled to to be a part of this very special episode. Ethan, I remember uh, earlier in 2020 when you contacted me and said, hey, I've got this idea for a show, and uh, you know, I wondered what you think about this. What do you think about it? And I, as I thought then, I think it's a great idea to focus on the fans because there are so many shows, and they're all great shows. I'm not putting them down at all. That um, you not know, naming talk, names. Yeah, that, not naming that's names. That's my job. Yeah, exactly. That's your job. But uh, that talk about the music. You know, Hit me which, up at uh, fans on the run podcast at gmail for specifics. Right. <laughs> Um, you know, that talk about the music, the Beatles years or the solo years, like, oh, I don't know, talk more talk, a solo Beatles video cast uh, plug, that, plug. that I co-host, <laughs> uh, that to focus on that uh, cheap plug. But, yeah, um, plug more plug. <laughs> one more plug. But, uh, but not as many that talk about it from the fans' perspective, you know, that, that focus on, you know, how people became fans and, and how the group impacted their lives. And so when you came up with this idea and, and bounced off the, you know, bounced the idea off of me, I was immediately all for it. And so 50 episodes later, my gosh, I mean, you have had so many you know, great guests that have shared their stories. And, um, you know, I, I just think, you know, it's, it's just been such a great, great addition to the podcast world. And, uh, and really, Ethan, I congratulate you. You've done such a great job. And I can't wait for, well, not only the next 50 episodes, but, you know, many, many more after that. Oh, yeah. This, this is uh, the horse that I will never stop beating. Even That's after right. it's long dead. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, but yes, the tables have turned on this episode, so I am going to be interviewing you about your fan experience. But I am going to um, have this be a little uh, like a, a show. This actually before both our times, but you might have heard about it a little bit like a show called uh, This Is Your Life. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> but this is going to be This Is Your Musical Life. Okay. Um, and... I was going to say, sweet Jesus, how is this going to be This Is no, Your no. Life? No, it's a, this is this is this is your musical life, okay. um, and because I'm I'm curious not only about how you know you became a Beatle fan that's that's a big part of it, but I'm also kind of curious about you know you're so well rounded musically. I mean you're you're into all different kinds of music, and I think that's as important as how you became a Beatles fan. You know, for me. Um, you know, other kinds of music got me into the Beatles too. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of curious about that as well. So I want to not only talk about your Beatles experiences, but a little bit about how you first got into music, period. Um, so so we, I want to go back, back in the mists of time, to when you first started, you know, really getting into music. Um you know, like after you you kind of graduated, as we all do from you know kitty music. Yeah. Um, you know, what 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 is your first memory of you know when you really started like you know paying attention to you know 
real music, real, you know, adult music. Can you think about what what kind of bands and, and all did you start noticing? You know, like what, you know, kind of around what year do you, do you remember, you know, really starting to, to get into regular music? Well, funny enough, you mentioned kiddie music. I don't think mm-hmm. I actually ever succumbed to kiddie music. Really? I, I, I feel like I'm kind of blessed in that way. That my my musical experiences have been you know kind of passed down to me by my parents, mm. who like some of my earliest childhood memories are like in the car with my mom's iPod hooked up to the, the car speakers, you know playing like Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, this will be good to some people. Come sail away by Sticks is hey, one I remember. Chicago band. Chicago band indeed. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of playing to the crowd here. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, what, what's the name of that one song by Emerson, Lake, and Palmer? It's like, welcome back, my friends. To- oh, um, oh my God, I'm blanking out too. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look, I'll look it up. number nine, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Yep. I'll look it up while you're talking. But, but the first <laughs> um, musician or band that I was really into not just as, you know, liking songs by said mm-hmm. uh, musician or group, uh, was actually your other area of expertise, Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Which, um, it was shortly after he died, because I remember I had the swine flu the day he died. And so I was in bed, stuck. I wanted to watch cartoons. You know, I was in my mom's room, and she wouldn't change the channel from CNN. And I'm like, why do I have to look at this weird, creepy, ghoulish man? (laughs) But as it turns out, I ended up actually really liking said creepy, ghoulish man. Mm -hmm. Because the next thing I knew, I remembered my friend telling me about this scariest video he had ever seen, ever, uh, called Thriller. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, let let me check out this Thriller. I was expecting it to be this, you know, horrifying thing. But as it turns out, it's it was, you know, thriller. The, the classic, of course. And I feel like, especially with Michael Jackson, it was kind of my supervillain origin story as a collector. Because I remember being at the, the grocery store one day. Um, and they had, like, this little spinning rack of CDs by the checkout. I saw this compilation called Number Ones, mm-hmm. and I, I asked my mom, hey, can I get it? And she said, no, we can get it on iTunes. <laughs> Look at me now, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, man. So- Mom, I do need ten copies of Revolver. <laughs> no, Mom, the German version isn't the same as the Dutch version. Thank you very much. <laughs> Oh man, so so uh, wow! I mean, and and of course, completely. Uh, so so really. Um, so you started collecting. I, oh, I, I'm sorry. Go was, ahead. No, I was like full on collecting back then. Even you know, mm-hmm. buying. I remember buying uh, some like Japanese imports, um, box sets at um, oh, God rest her soul, HMV. Oh, yes. And uh, at the old Amoeba Records location on Sunset, mm. the first time I went to L.A., 
and I was, you know, really into it then. And, you know, going to used CD stores and saying, like, hey, how come the old CDs of the album Dangerous look different than the newer ones? And so began my fat or fascination with pressings. <laughs> and this is why I have no friends. Oh, no. <laughs> no, now, this is a good thing to bring up. So, so you started, um, you know, like, what kind of physical uh, media then did you start with? Did you start with MP3s or did you start with oh, CDs? Yes. I, so I started st- with MP3s. MP3s, okay. And then I've kind of worked my way a little backwards. Uh, I had, um, you know, it was mostly CDs for a while. And then I actually got a few cassettes, and then mm-hmm. I got a few LPs, and now it's pretty much anything, except mostly CDs. I don't buy CDs anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, wow. Okay, so, all right. So, you're you're doing this, so what was your first concert that you ever went to? My first concert? You know how I said I didn't succumb to kitty music? Yep. That was a bit of a lie. My first concert was the Wiggles. Oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> no, that that was a first concert for a lot of kids. I think. Probably. Cause yeah, because I've heard other kids say they. I mean, they were huge. Yeah. Back in the back well, in the day. That was back before I realized that like people on TV are actual people too, mm-hmm. and that you shouldn't be scared of them. Because I, I think I spent most of that concert hidden, like, under my mom's jacket. Because I was too oh. afraid to look at them. Oh. I was terrified. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. What what year was that? Was I that think it was, like, 2007. Okay, yeah. Well, that's, you know, you were, what, like, like five? Four. four or five? Yeah, well, then that's, you know... Of course. Now, what was, so what then was your first, like, non-music, non-kitty music concert? Uh, That would have to be Paul McCartney. Okay. So there you go. Talk about starting (laughs) off strong. There you go. Actually, I think I saw a few tribute bands before I saw him. Mm. The the first one was 1964, The Tribute, which I'm really glad that I have actually had Mark Benson on the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you did. So, yeah, that was kind of full circle. Full circle, indeed. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, so, hey, I mean, but, you know, that's the thing, though. I think we, no matter what your your first concert is, I think you, you know, you always remember it no matter what it was because it's you know it's your first one i mean it's you know i think you remember what it was like being with lots of people and and you know it's 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 your first one you know well i i think of the mccartney one as my first proper proper concert because now it's i i saw him at like you know a fenway park in boston oh wow yeah that's a pretty good good first time. Oh yeah, well he wasn't playing any shows in Canada. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! See, I I tried some years ago to see him in Canada because I wanted him just to I wanted to see him do Mall of Kintyre because of course he never does that in the states. 
I saw yeah, him do it. I know. I'm so jealous. And, and I came close. I was trying to get over see him, but, uh, but you know, it fell through. So what was it? I'm, I'm going to I'm jumping a little around here, but you're, you're fitting in quite well. OK, <laughs> but I always have to ask, what was it like the first time you, you saw Paul? I mean, what, you know, was it? I mean, I guess I, I certainly remember my first time seeing him in 89. Um, you know, what was it like for you as, as a fan? See, the thing is, if I didn't like Paul McCartney so much, it would have been a generally negative experience. <laughs> oh, no. It was, you know, extremely hot outside. Mm-hmm. The artist in question showed up an hour and a half late. Oh, wow. There was a drunk man behind me who spilt beer on my brand new tour t-shirt. Oh, jeez. Um, and we had to leave before the concert was over, fully. Oh, no. That being said, it was Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, if, if you've seen Paul, you know it's, it's completely magical. Yep. It's, you're just transported. Because it's like, yep. this is the guy from the Beatles. This is Paul fucking McCartney. <laughs> I am within a mile of Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I mean, especially seeing him outdoors. Well, not outdoor, but, you know, baseball stadium. Right. So he had the full pyrotechnics, the fireworks shooting, like, it felt like a mile into the air during Live and Let Die. Oh, yep. Yeah. I remember that, too. Absolutely. Yeah, just being in the, the same vicinity. Mm-hmm. I remember just thinking, wow, you know, I'm in, I'm in the same vicinity as Paul McCartney. I am within 50 yards of a beetle. <laughs> yep. You you never you never forget the first time you see him. I, so I, I always ask people, you know, what it's what it's like, and I always love going with people who have never seen him before, because it's it's just it's it's so great to see their faces, like when he does live and let die, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, it's just you know, and, and I never tell them what's coming. However, cause... I will have to throw in a little bash here. Um, mm-hmm. I did not feel the same way when I saw Ringo. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was actually, okay, that was going to be one of my questions. That Have you ever seen Ringo? I have seen, I saw Ringo and his all-star band. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually about three weeks after my dad passed away. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, the first kind of back to normal thing. Yeah. We, we drove down to Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and we saw him at Heinz Hall. Which I, I later found out Al Sussman was at the same gig. Oh, no kidding! Yeah. But I, I was a little less impressed. I think mm-hmm. it was also because I had seen McCartney twice by that point. Mm-hmm. And using Paul McCartney as a benchmark is not fair to any other group or band. It's a very different show. Yes. Plus, yep. you know, I mean, I like Men at Work. But mm-hmm. having to sit through, like, three Men at Work songs, two Toto songs, you know, to get to, oh, now he does Boys. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, see, with me, I I was in my 
my 80s kid geekdom at that show because that i mean these were all songs that that i was into before the beatles um and so i'm not saying i don't like toto oh no no yep in fact yep, it's if we you know if you paid the money for the man whose name is much much larger on the poster than anyone else in fact i'm looking at the poster right now doesn't yep. even say the all-star band anywhere it just says ringo Mm-hmm. yep I'm going to sit through five songs to wait to a Ringo song. I know. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, see, with, with me, it was, uh, yeah, I, I was actually, I mean, of course, I was mainly there to see Ringo, too. But, uh, but yeah, the, the other stuff I was like, and that actually leads up to my, my next question. So, um, You've so I, as the I art just of said. The segue. Yep, it was a great segue. It was it was fantastic. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, well, you helped set me up for it. So, <laughs> so as I was saying, as part of this loose, this is your musical life kind of uh, discussion here. So, as I just said, you know, um, going to that concert and hearing Men at Work and Toto and all. I mean, these were the groups that I was into and grew up on before I started getting into the Beatles. So. When did you first start, you know, paying attention to the Beatles? When when did you start, quotes, discovering them? Well, the first time I actually realized I knew a Beatles song was um, I had gotten the Michael Jackson album History, mm-hmm. and on disc two, there's a song called, or a song by the name of Come Together on yes. there. And so I'm like, oh, it's Come Together by Michael Jackson. And then finding out, wait, oh, wait, no, it's a different band. It's like, who, who are the Beatles? And so I, I had kind of heard the name before, didn't really, knew, didn't really know what they were. I knew, like, my Uncle Paul really liked them. And so it's just kind of like, huh, who are these Beatles? And then eventually I asked him, or actually, no. One day, um, I was sitting on the couch watching TV and, you know, thinking about, who are the Beatles? And I remembered vaguely that there was this, like, wicker basket beside our couch that had, you know, it was just kind of, like, junk. You know, we all have, you know, shit like that. Oh, of course. And so there was, a, there was like, a Peter, Paul, and Mary CD in there, but there was also one of those, like, 1993, you know, like, fat boy jewel case copies of the Blue Out. Mm-hmm. And so I went up to my, my CD player, and I think, well, I, I know I've said this story before, but I, I still love saying it. What really got me hooked, which is weird because, like, track one is Strawberry Fields Forever, and you would think that would be what hooked me. No, no, no. What, what got me was seeing the track number jump from three to four uh, with Sgt. Pepper and with a little help from my friends. Just the seamless transition. And it's like, wait, these are two different songs? That doesn't make sense. No, no, no. no. These are the same song. My CD player is broken. <laughs> Turns out it wasn't. Wow. Now, how, how old were you at this point? I, I was eight. Okay. So, yeah, well, that would be kind of you know, mind-blowing at eight years old. And that was actually, like, my proper introduction to the Beatles was basically, like, a scavenger hunt around my house. 
for anything Beatles related. Because we also had, like, in our like family room, like, some coffee table books. And in there was this book called The Beatles Anthology. <laughs> yeah. So that was my introduction. The Blue Album and the Anthology book. Ethan, Tom here. And Andy. And this is Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast. And we want to congratulate you on your 50th episode. Well done, Ethan. Hey, buddy, we are proud of you, and we want you to have continued success. So keep those episodes coming. And keep peace in the neighborhood, man. <laughs> Take care, buddy. Hey, Lonnie. Did you hear the news? What's the news? Ethan Alexanian. What about him, the young Canadian? Our good friend, the young Canadian, his show, Fans on the Run, has hit 50 episodes. Wow. I cannot believe that. Five zero. Of course, we're up at what? We're, we're getting close to 300 now. Yeah, but that's incredible. I, I love I love the fact that he's bringing uh, his youth to the Beatle kingdom, a podcast, and a different perspective altogether. And, uh, exactly. We need, more, we need more Canadians doing regular shows. Hey, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Happy anniversary, Ethan. 50 shows. You'll catch up to us sometime, maybe. Happy 50th, Ethan. Wow. My gosh. Now, um, yeah, and that is actually the Michael Jackson part of it. D despite our age differences, that's something we have in common. That uh, Michael Jackson kind of brought us both to the Beatles. Um, because that was, uh, you know, with me, it was, you know, back in the, the early 80s when, you know, Thriller was huge, um, and uh, and then of course Paul uh, Paul and, and Michael did those duets together. Yeah, um, and I knew who the Beatles were at that point, but um, you know, but I kind of you know I I bought Pipes of Peace as we talked about because of that, and then that helped you know that initially got the the ball rolling, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's really funny that that. You know, we kind of have that in common that Michael Jackson kind of was the catalyst that uh, that for for both of us in different ways. Yeah, I mean, you know, so funny you know, world. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that's that's amazing. So, um, okay, so you you uh, so you found the uh, the blue album. You uh, you know, and then you you found anthology the the book. So uh, so how did it go from there? Did you you know start you know buying more albums? How did how did it uh, you know how did you go on to uh, you know discover more about them? Well, I can tell you the second album I got, and this is going to be a really creative answer. Mm -hmm. It was the red album. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, it was. It was just around the time. This is going to make me sound really young. Mm -hmm. uh, when the Red Album got re reissued on CD, like after the 2009 reissues. So it was when it got reissued as that little, you know, trifold sleeve thing. Mm -hmm. And so I, I ran out to HMV, got mm -hmm. that, and. You know, I, I really am nostalgic for those days when it's, you know, the Beatles music was still kind of new. Yeah. And, you know, infecting all my friends on the playground, like saying like, hey, you got to listen to these guys. Yep. Absolutely. My friend and I singing Help. 
you know, at recess. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Now, okay, and, and that is another question I'm going to ask you, but I'm going to save that for, for a second. But what was it about the Beatles' music that, that grabbed you? You know, what, what was it that you, in, you know, connected with at, at that moment? The funny thing is here, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I guess it's, I, I had been drawn to Michael Jackson because he was, you know, a character. And I had been, I think I was kind of drawn to the Beatles in that same way. Because it's four characters. Interesting. You know, like one of the first, or some of the first pieces of Beatles memorabilia I owned, before I even owned all the albums, was I had these action figures of the Beatles in, like, their yellow submarine stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I got that, like, Christmas of 2010. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's, yeah, and that's usually, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids, um, you know, first introduction to, uh, to the Beatles, although that wasn't quite your first, uh, was, was Yellow Submarine. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, um, you just unlocked a memory I forgot I had, which mm. is funny because it has nothing to do with Yellow Submarine. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking about the movie, and then I remembered um, the first Beatles movie I think I got was A Hard Day's Night on DVD. And I was calling around, or no, I, my mom was calling around to all the, you know, HMVs in the area. Mm -hmm. trying to see if anyone had a copy of A Hard Day's Night. And the one in Cambridge, Ontario did. So we, you know, drove down there, ran in, and got A Hard Day's Night. Wow. And so that was my first, like, movie introduction to the Beatles. Wow. And what was, so what was your reaction to that when, when you first saw the, the Hard Day's Night? Oh, I loved it. You know? Mm -hmm. It's it's the Beatles mm -hmm. which it's just the Beatles acting Beatly <laughs> which to my eight year old nine year old brain was just the best thing in the world and then of course you know I, I ended up getting like help and yellow submarine and not not so much magical mystery tour that that wasted a while <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I remember seeing it on store shelves before it got properly reissued, thinking, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, huh. Wow, that that this... was pretty much right, my reaction when I first saw it, too. I'm like, this is the Beatles? I didn't even watch the, the movie. I was just looking at the DVD. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That absolutely. So now you mentioned your friends and that that was another you, you're kind of anticipating all my my questions. Wow. Um, <laughs> we're right in sync here. So now that's a different band altogether. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that, that was something I was curious about because that that was something that that I, I found interesting. So. You know, as you're getting older, you're getting into 
you know, middle school and high school and you're getting, you know, more and more into the Beatles. Yeah. Were you were you like the only one of your friends that were really into them or did you end up converting your friends or, or I ended you up know, actually converting quite were about three or four. Oh, really? Yeah. So we would, you know, listen to the Beatles together. We would talk about the Beatles. We would go to like my school library who had a small selection of like books of like involving popular music which Mm -hmm. even though my school opened in the early 2000s some of those books kind of capped off at like the late 80s oh yeah but there was you know this book called um like john's secret dreams that Mm. i remember quite vividly because my school had a copy of that and then there was this other one it was just like a history of popular music it's like, hey, uh, the Beatles. There, they were, they existed. <laughs> it's like, wow. And so I would like take that book or sign that book out of the library like once a month. <laughs> wow. Yeah. See, for it, it was interesting, you know, because like in my case, the. What really helped convert some of my friends was the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ah, yes. When when Twist and Shout was used. And then all of a sudden, my friends were all of a sudden like, hey, this song's pretty good. Were they dismayed (laughs) when they went out to buy, like, the song and Mm -hmm. they found there was no trumpets? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there were the trumpets. Yeah. What the fuck is this? (laughs) I heard trumpets in the movie. Yeah, but but yeah, that that was a big help. But up until then, it was kind of like, oh, the Beatles, yeah, you know, kind of an old group. I mean, I mean, you know, so it was, you know, I was oh, not. But by like, the time I got to them, it, mm-hmm. it it kind of reached the point where it wasn't like, oh, it's an old band. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, they are an old band, but it was, yeah. you know, what is old is cool again. Mm-hmm. And so the Beatles were retro. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking as you were saying that. It was probably the the retro appeal, and yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, interesting. So, it wasn't, you know, so you weren't considered, you know, it wasn't like, oh, you were the only one that... I wasn't the only one, but I was still thought of as, like, that Beatles kid. Yep. Okay, yeah. I never shut up about the Beatles. (laughs) You were were hooked. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. The funny thing is, now that I think about it, it didn't take that long for me, like, to become a full steam, like, capital F fan. Mm-hmm. You know, like, even two or three years after I, you know, listened to them for the first time, I was in Liverpool. Wow. Yeah. Taking, like, a, a cab tour of all the Beatles sites. You know, going to london and seeing like a tribute band and like buying beatles records at the camden market oh man i'm jealous i was like i didn't get to liverpool till i was like in my 20s so that's oh so good for you that's great oh yeah that that's, was i i really want to go back now that i actually too. have friends me there. too me too oh when all this insanity's over that's on my list of things to do Absolutely. I'm it took me so long because, you know, my mom has always been really supportive of all this stuff. You know, taking me to concerts, buying me Beatles records. Yep. Um, it took me so long to get to the fest. 
because I had always heard of this Beetle Fest. Like, I knew, like, for a long time what it was. Mm-hmm. But I never went until last year. Yep. All right. Now, I'm going to get to that later. Okay. <laughs> so I, hang I'm, on I'm to that. I'm jumping the gun here. No, no. That's okay. That's okay. But, no, I definitely want to talk to you about that later because I've, I've – absolutely. Um, but, uh, but, but hang on to that because I I'm, want to continue on with, with uh, your life here. So, all right. So let's, let's go back to – you mentioned books. <laughs> so that, that's another thing. You know, that's kind of the next step. You yes. know, in in our in in your Beatles journey is is so books. Uh, you mentioned the the kind of general books you found in your library. So obviously you went on to you know to to others. <laughs> you oh know, yes. What what were some of the ones that you you know remember reading? Like some of the first ones that that uh, of like the the quotes. You know the ones the the Beatle Bibles that we all kind of read do you remember the first ones that you uh got into well i actually didn't read any of those so-called like beetle bible books yeah for a long time mm-hmm. but i i had a, a number of books about the beatles like mm-hmm. there's this one i got for christmas called like the beatles exposed or beetles uncovered i don't know what the hell it's called oh i think i remember that yeah, the that, cover that... is like them in the studio for Sergeant Pepper, mm-hmm. I, I still have it. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> that name that rings a bell. Yeah, and you know it was just kind of general books like that by mm-hmm. like no name authors, just yep. about the Beatles. Yep. Yep, and that's true. You do kind of start out with those, and then you start getting into oh, yeah. the, the the serious stuff. It sound like sound like it's drugs or something. Yeah. <laughs> then you get the serious stuff. Yeah. First, first you get like the Beatles' life and pictures. Then, then you get hooked on that Lewis and stuff, baby. That's right. Jeez, I make it sound so serious. So, all right. This then. is your brain on Philip Norman. Yeah, Any really? questions? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great, <laughs> man! <laughs> yeah, you take this the wrong way. All right, because <laughs> we're all perfectly healthy. Um, all right, speak so, for yourself. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> all right, so when did you start? Because you're really into the solo stuff too. Um, you know, which which really impresses me because you know sometimes you you talk to people, and actually not just. You know, younger people, but I mean, I've talked to some older people that even like, you know, once the Beatles broke up, they're like, oh, I didn't pay. I don't pay attention to the solo years. You know, never ever since I you know, started doing Talk More Talk, I'm amazed at, at some people that just, you know, don't know a lot about the solo years. And you really do. So when did you start then going into the solo catalog? Well, my uncle, who is actually guest number one on Fans of the Run, I've already mentioned him on this episode, even mm-hmm. uh, around that same time, even before I owned like any of the Beatles album albums, he he burned me these four CDs of like the best or like homemade CDs of like the best of John Lennon, the best of Paul McCartney, the best of George Harrison, and the best of Ringo Starr, and it was all solo stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and I, I, I can't claim to be as, you know, much of a, an expert or mega fan of the solo stuff as some, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I, I actually knew some of the solo stuff before I, I knew, like, some of the Beatles stuff. And yep. I'm saying that even just as, um, or I, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, but I, I remember one of those songs on, like, my mom's iPod when I was a kid was Live and Let Die. Mm-hmm. And Live and Let Die was also in the movie Shrek the Third. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So that's kind of where I knew that from. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's the guy from Shrek the Third. <laughs> Him. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, we, we do get exposed to that stuff in different ways. And I mean, kind of similar. I, I, knew this, I knew the song by Weird Al Yankovic this song's just six words long before I knew Got My Mind Set on You. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that, too. Yeah. Which, that's, <laughs> that's a whole debate in and of itself. It's like, the word, that's not six words long, that's seven. Like, no, there's, a, there's a, an apostrophe. There's a, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's, and, and oh, and, and you mentioned that. Yeah, that was another thing that finally got my my friends a little bit more on board with the Beatles thing. Was yeah, when George Harrison had that you know that yeah. huge yeah huge comeback in the in eighty seven. Oh yeah. yeah, then yeah, they're like, who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was uh, that was another thing. But I think uh, the reason why I've I've clicked so much with George's solo career more than anyone. Is because he was the one that I think I had the most exposure to when I first started listening to the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Now, I have as many fond memories of the song, like, When We Was Fab, mm-hmm. as any of the other early, or as, or have as many fond memories of that as any of the other Beatles songs. Interesting. That's a really good point, because probably that's why, you know, Paul is is probably you know well, same with me here yeah Maybe that's why i feel sometimes a little frosty towards john and uh, ringo's mm-hmm. it's because you know i was exposed to paul and george not exposed but right you know you had the most yeah i mean you know they were the most active in terms of uh well and you know in my case i mean you know paul was still making hits when yeah. when i was you know, when I was born and into the 80s. So, I mean, you know, and, and same with George. So, you know, if you're, if you grow up more with their music, you know, if you're, I mean, yeah, I mean, that you, know, you are exposed more to their music, then yeah, I mean, you tend to, I think, gravitate more toward them than those that, you know, I mean, with, with you know, John, I mean, he was gone by the time I was eight. Yeah. So I didn't really grow up with him. Um, as much so i mean i love john yeah but uh but you know yeah i'm not probably not quite as connected to him i i think that's natural you know so but that's a really good point so actually yeah i I just remembered something else Mm -hmm. i think the biggest catalyst for me becoming as much of a beatles fan as i am is because of my dad because uh my dad you and I respect uh, piracy laws for the most part. Of course. My dad didn't exactly fear them, mm-hmm. to put it lightly. 
And so <laughs> one of the first things Beetle related I got was a thumb drive with uh, the 2009 remasters. And for some odd reason, the Beatles EP collection was also on there. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I... before I even knew what like the US albums actually no. Oh wow, I'm just stumbling over memories here. <laughs> the first aside from the red and blue, the only Beatles albums on our home computer were it was the Capitol Albums Volume 1 box set for some weird reason. Wow. So the first time I heard like She Loves You and Roll Over Beethoven were those like weird capital mixes. Mm-hmm. My gosh, wow. That now now see, and that's of course what I grew up on initially because that's it. That's yeah. all that was available. Those were the Beatles albums. Absolutely. I mean when when the CDs came out in eighty seven, I think it was. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean that was so weird for me. Um I mean, you know, but uh but wow, that's really interesting that, that you started and, and uh, I should say shout out to Bruce Spicer for uh that capital set um uh that t- came out years later. He he was responsible. He really pushed for that um for that set to come out, the Capitol albums. He felt it was really important to uh to put out that box set to still have those available on C D. So uh so shout out to our buddy Bruce. And actually also shout out to next week's episode mm-hmm. the one this uh Chip Madding Oh yeah Absolutely. Shout out to Chip. He he did some work on the uh Capital Albums box. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Shout out to both, yeah. That so, was one of the first kind of big ticket Beatles albums I actually bought too. Mm-hmm. I was wow. in Florida in like March of twenty eleven, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I was at that store FYE. Mm-hmm. And so Yep, I remember that. There was always, you know, a couple, you know, kind of bigger ticket items as opposed to your normal, like, 9.99 CD. Mm-hmm. Like, there were the anthologies, there was the BBC, and then occasionally, if you were lucky, they would have, like, the Capital Albums or the EP or Singles box sets. I always yep. remember ogling those from, like, behind glass in most record stores. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And and then that's your, your next step, in, in usually in the Beatles' addiction, is is going on to, to buying, yeah, the big-ticket items, as you yeah. said. <laughs> oh, this, this, I don't know if this will make me sound spoiled, mm. my first proper collection that I owned was the Beatles in Mono CD box. Oh, yeah! Yep. Like, I had gotten, like, good marks on my report card or something, mm-hmm. and my mom was like, you know, I'll, I'll get you a little special treat. And so she got me that box off of Amazon. Oh, wow! That is so cool! And and I think that's really important. I mean, that's that's the other thing. I and and I think another thing we we both have in common is is very supportive parents. Because oh, yes. I think because <laughs> my parents too. I mean, they were extremely supportive and very interested in music. So I mean, they they initially yeah. I mean, we were huge in, in indulging me and in, in all this stuff and and uh, and 
you know, as I mentioned on your show all those months ago, I, you know, my dad used to play some Beatles songs on guitar and all that. So I think that's really important that, you know, whether it's your parents or, or other relatives or, or, you know, friends or whatever, that, you know, they expose you to music early. And, I mean, it's going to imprint on you. Do you know who is actually the main catalyst for me wanting that Beatles in mono box? Who? Uh, previous guest of the show, John Montagna. Really? Be- because... You know, when I first started, again, I'm a child of the internet, so I spent hours and hours on YouTube, like, searching Beatles or, like, Beatles collection, mm-hmm. watching these people. And then there was this one guy doing these reviews of Beatle albums, like, Beatles remastered CDs. And it's John. Yep. Wow. And then all these, la- all these years later, like, nearly ten years later, I had him on the show. Oh, Wow. We were talking before the show about a full circle moment. That's another full circle moment for you. First full circle indeed. Yeah. Like, it was like when I had, you know, Joe Mayo on the show. I've been yeah. watching him for years. Wow. So, and actually, yeah, that brings up another good question. So, yeah, I mean, you know, how did the internet, you know, affect your your growth in the Beatles community and as a fan? I mean, how how did that, you know? affect you like did you you know join certain groups did you you know how how did that work i i didn't really like join groups per se Mm -hmm. but i feel like that's kind of why i didn't pick up on some of those beetle bible books was because they had been kind of supplemented by something called wikipedia yeah true and so i would just spend hours learning everything i could about the beetles on the internet you know watching all these you know illegal uploaded youtube videos of the beatles music videos yep back before they were official Mm -hmm. yep wow that is so yeah i mean that is so cool i mean that you know because when i was god i saw when i was your age but it's true (laughs) that i mean the only place you could see those for the fest I mean, it was, or maybe, you know, through uh, underground sources, shall we say, (laughs) you know. So, yeah, I mean, YouTube was just like, you know, when that finally came, I mean, that's a treasure trove. I mean, that was. I think that's maybe why I picked up on, like, when when we was fab, because Mm -hmm. that video was never not readily available through, uh, let's say, less than legal measures on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah exactly so that is the truth so all right now talking about fest let's get to that oh Um, wait i just remembered something even different oh great you're just kind of making me unlock all these memories good and again i've said this on the show before i don't know why it took me so long to remember Mm -hmm. the main catalyst that got me into collecting beatles like beatles records Mm -hmm. was the paul is dead rumor Oh, yeah, you've mentioned that, uh, but Paul's dead before yeah. you're interested in that. Because, you know, my uncle, you know, same uncle, told me that, like, oh, yeah, if you play these, like, records backwards, it says Paul is dead. And, you know, if you hold, like, a butter knife up to the Sgt. Pepper drum, it says 111X, he die. <laughs> and oh, so man. he one time like he came out to like you know visit my my mom and i and he said like 
go go do some research and then come back to me with findings. Oh my god! So I spent like an hour or two watching all these conspiracy videos <laughs> on YouTube, like. <laughs> oh. Or on the song, I am the walrus. At the end, you can hear King Lear. It's like, bury my body. And so I, like, wrote them all out, and I brought him back, and he's like, oh, wow, there's a lot more clues than I thought there were. <laughs> so he, like, gave you homework. He did. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and that's why I bought my first Beatles LP. I, I bought a copy of Sgt. Pepper, because I wanted to see if that actually happened. Oh my god. And oh, that's so fun. I, I feel like I was... I'm a youngin, but I, I'm a weird youngin. Because <laughs> some of my like formative Beatle years... Like, when it comes to Beatles records, they weren't in print. Mm -hmm. So, if you're lucky, you would like go to a used store and they'd have like old Beatles records. The yeah. only in-print stuff was like one... Yellow Submarine song track, Love and Let It Be Naked. Right. So those were like some of my first ones I had, because sure. you could actually find them. Which, funny enough, now, Let It Be Naked is very, very out of print. Yes. That's such very hard to find. Which I feel bad now, because I kind of trashed my original copy from oh. loving it too much. Oh, Yep, I think you can still get it maybe in the in the Fest catalog, but other than that, yeah. I don't know. Yep, I think you can. I could probably still find it like yeah. sub hundred dollar. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's it's gonna cost you. That's true. So yeah, I've learned so, that by now. Yes, if you want something, it'll cost you. It'll cost you. That's right. That's for sure. So Them well, Beatles don't like giving things away. Yep, we've learned that, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not cheap to be a Beatles fan. No. <laughs> it it isn't, but uh Actually but I, there was one other Beatles album in print. Mm -hmm. It was Abbey Road. Oh right. That was the only one from the main catalog that was in print on LP. Wow. Oh my god. So I would always get frustrated going to record stores like, uh, where's your Beatles section? It's like, oh, it's right here. And like the one album they have is Abbey Road. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> but that's also why I like going to record stores so much. Because if you saw like they had a big Beatles selection, it actually means they had like unique things. And it wasn't just the 2012 reissues, like mm -hmm. four of each. Right. Yep. I'm just venting now. No, no, it's true, though. Absolutely. Oh, man. It's so funny. It's it's true, though. Yeah. Anyways, I, I interrupted you. Oh, no, Best. not at all. No, all right. Now, I've been, I've been really interested to get to this part okay. as, we, as we move in, in your life, musical life journey. So, <laughs> now we get as to you the... As move towards the end of your yeah. life journey. <laughs> Well, not not no. really. It's, it's still kind of the beginning. Yeah. So your first well, fest that's rather optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> your first fest experience. I've been dying to talk to you about it. I mean, we've talked about oh, it. Oh, you bit, were there. But exactly. But but I mean, you know, I I really we haven't really talked about it. Um, you know, super extensively. Um, so. Last year, your first fest in Chicago, where we first met, and you met a lot of other, you know, of our common friends and everything. So, um, 
I certainly remember what my first fest experience was like uh, back in, and so (laughs) you can just imagine when that was. So, um, what was it like for you? You know, just just you know, when you walked in, yeah. What was your first impression? Hi, everyone. This is Jude Sutherland Kessler, author of the John Lennon series. And this is Lena Stagg, the author of the Recipe Records Cookbook series. And together, we're the co-hosts of the She Said, She Said podcast. You can find our podcast at www.podbean.com as well as Spotify and YouTube. And we're so excited to be here today to congratulate Ethan Alexanian on the 50th woo-hoo, episode of his wonderful Fans on the Run podcast. What we'd like to say to Ethan today is congrats- congratulations. Hi, everyone. It's Plastic EP here. I know you. You know me. But do you know Ethan Alexanian? Yeah, he's got a fantastic podcast called Fans on the run. I want to tell him congratulations on hitting 50 fantastic show. Make sure you listen to his podcast. I love the guy. I either call him Ethan or Nathan. He knows. Also, I call his show not fans on the run, guests on the run. But make sure if you're lucky enough to get on that podcast, I'm telling you, it's a great podcast. Hello. My name is Nathan Liu, and I portray Paul McCartney in... uh, all You Need Is Love, Tribute to the Fab for Beatles Tribute Band from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And I'm here today to talk about my good friend, Ethan Alexanian. And uh, first of all, we want to uh, say hi to uh, Ethan and congratulate him from all the boys, uh, Van, um, Reed, Aaron, Brian. And uh, we want to wish you on your 50th podcast, Ethan. And I first met uh, Ethan when he was 17 years old. And this young man is uh, quite knowledgeable about Beatles. Uh, Ethan is able to keep up with, uh, hold his own on the Beatles subject with us old veterans that, uh, you know, we started in the 60s and we got our information from uh, books and things like that. And, um, you know, nowadays you can get uh, information quite quick and uh, Ethan's quite, uh, quite, quite knowledgeable on the subject and um, he also plays guitar and uh He's very good at, uh, you know, knowing the licks and the chords and knowing the, the right ones for the Beatles. And, you know, back in the day when I uh, tried to do that, we didn't have uh, any YouTube tutorials or anything like that. So it's great to be young. And um, somebody like Ethan Alexanian is uh, a young man of 18. And, you know, it's great to see that he's into the Beatles as much as us veterans are. And uh, another thing that impresses me about Ethan is he, for all his fans on the run podcasts that he does, he, he designs a special little album and he puts our pictures on there and he's very good at uh, graphics. So, you know, I uh, take my hat off for you there on, on that. Ethan, you're very good at that. Congratulations. And, um, you know, I just wanted to wish you uh, all the best, Ethan. You're the, uh, you are the king of uh podcast you're the youngest man uh doing the podcast and you have wonderful guests and uh you're very good at what you do and um all the best to you and uh have a great 50th uh podcast we'll be listening and take care ethan ciao now yeah well the main catalyst for actually finally going to the fest 
was this was the year after my my dad passed away. Yes. And we had just gotten out of a pretty nasty situation with some family members. Mm. And so my mom was trying to, like, cheer me up. Yeah. And she's like, you know what, let's go to this thing. And so, you know, we we drive to Chicago. Uh, I go to the, of course... The, the legendary Chicago Music Exchange first. Of course. And I got to try out some Beatle guitars to get in the mood. Mm-hmm. But then I, I walk into the uh, O'Hare Hyatt Regency. Yep. And, like, the first thing I noticed was that they're pumping Beatles music through the speakers. And it's like, okay, they know their audience. And the second <laughs> thing I noticed uh, was that they had a little station set up with Kool-Aid. <laughs> And, like, I had some thoughts going into this, like, is this going to be, like, a cult or something? And then when I saw the Kool-Aid, I'm like, okay, so it's, like, full-on Jonestown. <laughs> like, fine. Drink the pool. And it was actually purple Kool-Aid, too. <laughs> it's like, sweet Jesus. <laughs> Just go with it. <laughs> and I was so impatient, because I got there early, and, you know, the marketplace wasn't open, and barely anything was going on. And so I was just kind of stumbling around down there, looking for something to do. And I saw this guy had his room open, and I saw these drum sets. And that guy was Gary Astridge. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so that's how I met Gary. Yep. And Great then, guy. Of, of course, the main thing I was most excited for with the fest was the marketplace. Because I had seen videos of like people flipping through the records there. And it's like, oh my god. And so I saved up a couple hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And I, I went fucking wild. <laughs> of course, that's what you do there. And of course I brought, you know, my, my Mark Lewis and books to get signed. Like, there were three members of Wings there, and the person I was most excited to meet was Mark Lewison. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Yeah. I understand. I mean, Denny Lane didn't write Tune In. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Mark, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, mm-hmm. you know my email. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Get in touch, Mark. Yeah. But, yeah, that was actually also how I first met uh, you. And mm-hmm. um, actually, I, I think I met you first. Because mm-hmm. there was this kind of, there was this trivia thing going on. Like oh, I, I should get, I should get in on that. Mm-hmm. And of course, I kicked ass. Yes, you did. <laughs> and there's this kind of group in there of people who now I consider to be friends, like Sarah Schmidt, mm-hmm. uh, my dear friend Susan Ryan, mm-hmm. uh, you. Yep. And you know a lot of other people whose names I am blanking on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, you I met a bad. lot of people that day oh, on yes. Cook Weekend, I'm sure. There was a lot of people. <laughs> mm-hmm. And But the first like proper encounter I had with you was bailing, or I went to the Talk More Talk live thing with Mark Lewison. Yep. I remember and, that. And uh, you want to tell the story? I want to see if you remember it as well as I do. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, yep, it was, well, it was funny because... Um, it was this Talk More Talk thing, and it was, um, you know, Ken Womack, me, and Mark Lewison, uh, because uh, Tom and, uh, and I don't think Joe Mayo was part of the show yet. 
I, I, I don't think, think he was because I had heard of the show thinking, oh, mm-hmm. that's that's me, Mr. Mayo's OK, podcast. so maybe he had like just joined like, you know, I'm not sure or he may not have been a regular. Yeah, I'm not sure about the whole sequence of events, but uh, but he um, he and Tom and Ken Michaels weren't able to come. So it was going to be just, uh, you know, Ken Womack and me. And so we asked Mark if, you know, he'd like to come on with us. And he said yes, but he wanted to do something really different. You know, he didn't want to just do a, like a discussion. And so Ken came up with the idea of a trivia contest. And so he was down with that. And so, uh, you know. Ken, so we just, you reap what you sow. Yeah, right. <laughs> And so, and so Mark said, fine, that sounded fine to him. So we pulled questions from the Trivial Pursuit game. <laughs> and <laughs> so that was that actually was... also one of the first Beatle things I owned. Yep, I got yep. it for Christmas that year, like back yep. in 2010. My mom caught me Beatles Trivial Pursuit. Yep, that's right. Yeah. So and, my, my yep. early Beatles fandom memories, like, involved, like, you know, we had a board game day, like, it was, like, the end of school, and, you know, people brought in, like, I don't know, normal board games, and yep. I brought in the Beatles Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> well, so, so this moment at the fest was kind of another full circle moment for you, in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of. So, anyway, uh, you know, so we did that, we were having this game, and, um, and so the three of us were up there and uh and to my surprise I was doing pretty well for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and, it was pretty yeah, tight. It was pretty tight for a while. Yeah, Mark and I were were pretty tight and Ken was, you know, um you know, struggling a little bit at times and and I see Ethan in the front row and and you had bought, you know, a bunch of albums in the marketplace. And you, you know, Ken would like, you know, there'd be some question work about a certain album or something. I know which album it was. Yeah, I, that part I don't remember. It was, there was a, I, I remember what question, because the, the episode is, exists. Mm-hmm. It's and on it, YouTube, you yeah. can see it. Yeah. It was yep. um, on the cover of the album Live Peace in Toronto, or what is on the cover of Live Peace in Toronto? And I had brought... I had brought a copy to get it signed by Alan White. Oh, okay, so it was already yeah. your copy. Okay. So I, I kind of whipped it out of my bag and <laughs> held it up and was just aggressively pointing to it. Yeah, and right uh, after some encouragement from Mark Lewis and to look, uh, mean Mr. Monmouth looked. <laughs> mean Mr. Monmouth. <laughs> he, he looked over in my direction. And yep. He's been in debt to me ever since. That's right. And I think, was, didn't you help him one other time in the, during the... I thought you did, like, one other time during I, I, the contest. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I thought there was... Yeah, I thought... But uh, but it was so funny. And, um, you know, and it was it was a fun, uh, you know, fun event. And uh, and so, yep, that was mean the first Mr. time. Monmouth. Mean I'm, Mr. I'm pretty Monmouth. proud of that. That's really good. Yep, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to share that with Ken later. That's real. That's cute. I like it. And uh, so yeah, so that was the first time. And I remember um, Susan telling me our our dear friend Susan um, that uh, 
like sometime after that, you know, we were we were talking about about you and that you know how we both met you and you know how impressed we were and and uh, she said she remembered saying to you at one point something like you know. Uh, I forget how precisely she said it, but it was basically something like, you know, kid, I'm impressed. You're going to go places. <laughs> it was something like that. <laughs> you're you're one of us now. I think oh, she said she did say that something like that. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, because, I mean, we were all, you know, impressed with how much you knew and and, uh, you know, and you were just you know so nice and then just fit in really, you know, really well. It- you thought I was nice until you got to know me. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. Now you see me for the megalomaniac monster I am. Oh, give me a break. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, now what you said when you, you know, when you went, you didn't know anybody, right? No, I didn't know a soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but, uh, but you felt, um, I mean, did you, well, I mean, you said you walked out of there, you know, knowing a lot of people. Yeah. By I the felt end. like I walked out of there with a second family. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really nice. Because I was just blown away at how nice everyone was. That, mm-hmm. That's what's kind of stuck with me. Mm-hmm. It's like these people have no right being as nice as they were to me. Oh. Cause, and, and it was just like random people, you know, coming up and sitting with me and, you know, chatting. There's this one guy who I, I wish I remembered his name. We, we were like buddies for the day and we went from like panel to panel with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, he was showing me, uh, you fest people would know this, this uh, issue of go to the window. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I didn't know what it was, nor did I get any of the in-jokes. <laughs> but I, I was laughing anyways. Because it's like, oh, Wally for president. Oh, that's Wally right there. He's he's the one with the bow tie. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'll get him from now on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I have a pretty decent working knowledge of the fest. Yep. Now, yeah, for those listening in, this is a Chicago thing. Uh, this is not at New York Fests, um, and I don't know why, but it's only in Chicago. It's this newsletter, quotes, um, that circulates uh, usually on Sunday, um, and it's an underground newsletter, and it's satire. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 satire. It's it's all in fun, and uh, and it's just kind of about the fest. A lot of in jokes. If you've been going to the fest for more than like a year or two, you'll you'll get it. Yeah. And uh, although there are some in jokes that even I don't get, I mean, sometimes they go back from like into the eighties, and and I I wasn't going then, so I don't get them. But uh, but they're all in good fun, and and uh, so yeah, you you know your fest insider when you can start referring to go to the window. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. But um, apologies to Mark Lapidos for mentioning go to the window. Yes, but I think he knows too. It's it's all it's all in good fun and and um, you know and so you know so you really uh, I mean that's you know I'm glad that that you really enjoyed it and I think people are friendly there and and I'm glad that you know you had such a great experience because I think everybody like remembers their first fest and and you know and I think people wanted to make it you know good like they. They figured it was your first fest, and they wanted to make it a good experience for you. Well, they, so. they certainly fucking succeeded. Good. <laughs> well, once everything's normal again, like even by even by Sunday, like Tom Frangione was like, you know, 
palling around with me during one of the trivia things. Nice! Like, hey, here's the winner from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, by next time, you know, when, when everything's back to normal and we're all back in person again, I know you'll be back. Uh, I don't know if I'll be competing in the trivia, because I feel like I'm rusty now. Yeah, well, I gotta start rehearsing. I, I was at the, I did the virtual trivia, mm -hmm. and I don't know if it was just because my internet was a little slow, but there was a delay, and yeah. I didn't get any of the answers, and so I yep. felt dejected, and it's like, well, now I'm just a lowly podcast host. Oh, no. No, no. It's, it's, it was probably the delay. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was. I but... the floor with those people. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh man. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, that was the the next big step. So, well, the next step will be, as I said, when we're all in person. You know, be a, I'm I have a very good feeling you're going to be a lot more involved in the fest in in years to come. I you hope know? so. I I think you will be. Absolutely. So, um, ten well, years I'll I, be running the fucking place. Yeah, you. That's yeah, right. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, since we are heading toward the end of your musical life so far, <laughs> we'll be, you know, ten years from now, twenty years from now, we're gonna keep revisiting the the. This is your musical life, and yeah. and uh, you know, and and revisit, revisit, but. Um, but I'm going. We'll do kind of a like kind of a quick round to uh, to finish this. So would these uh, mayhaps be called the quick fire questions that I pull out? Yes, that's right. So I know it's kind of a tradition on on your show. So we have to honor the traditions. It's almost like they were in the notes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I I didn't want to completely go go uh, astray from your notes. Yeah. So like um, you're you're. You're being the guest host, and you still aren't copying my show. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Unlike so, some uh, people. Uh huh. <laughs> Again, so I, fans on the run podcast at gmail.com. There you go. Exactly. You can, you can get my underground newsletter. That's right. That's right. Your underground one. Yeah. All right. Tales from a Beatles podcast insider. Yeah. There you go. There you go. You won't oh. believe what Ed Chen said. <laughs> Just kidding. We love you, Ed. Love you, Ed. <laughs> All right. And Lonnie. And Lonnie. We can't oh, forget Lonnie. Of course. Can't forget Lonnie. Oh, we love them both, obviously. All right. Favorite Beatles song. Favorite Beatles song. Okay, now, now I see what people mean when they say this is hard. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Tables uh, are turned. Actually, you know... <laughs> You know, I'll do. I'll not be a bitch. It's all too much. That's no. that's my favorite right now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Oh, it, wow, it's kind of been in that sphere, like for for years. My my answers have kind of rotated between. She said. She said. Name of another great podcast. Yes, indeed. Pine Lane and Jude. Yep. Um, she said, she said, Tomorrow Never Knows. Uh, for a while, it was only a northern song. Mm -hmm. And now it's kind of, it's all too much. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. So yeah. So I mean, you definitely are. Which I completely, you know, like I see why more the like experimental yes. kind of. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and tomorrow never knows is probably my favorite. Oh yeah. So well, that's what you said. Yep. On so your episode, I remember. Indeed. So good, I'm, I'm a good host. I remember. Yes, you remember absolutely. So that's you know, I'm I'm with you on the experimental stuff. Absolutely. So all right, least favorite. Least favorite Beatles song. Okay, long and winding road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Yeah, that that's been. You know, more people have Actually, said that. You know recently. what? Some mm-hmm. people have a, a hard time giving least favorite Beatles songs. I'll, I'll I'll make up for that. I'll give you a top five. Oh, all right. I have opinions. Okay, absolutely. Okay. I know. Long and winding road. Can't stand it anymore. Okay. Um, yesterday. Don't like mm-hmm. it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, long, long, long. Mm-hmm. It kind of describes the song. Yep. <laughs> Till There Was You. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've already gone past five. Um, <laughs> I'll Follow the Sun. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I can keep going, but I'm not no, going no, to. No, no, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to alienate myself further. Mm-hmm. It's like, did this motherfucker just say, I'll follow the sun? <laughs> Who does this punk-ass kid think he is? <laughs> I can, As I Tom Hanyadi likes to call me. Is that punk, what he calls you? Calls me punk-ass kid. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Oh man. Now if you had said Magneto and Titanium Man. Oh no, I, mean, I like that song. Yeah, see, he, he, he still ribs me about that because I don't like that one. <laughs> what? You don't? No, I don't. <laughs> it's, it's not it, even the... It's not even the worst song on venus and mars i know it's just i don't know like, it's what what the, what the hell's the name of those last two clunkers on the album uh like the song about the out. retirement old folks home oh um yeah blanking out yeah i mean the, the whole album is just is not one of my favorites sorry tom yeah. <laughs> sorry Although, tom uh, this is gonna be really embarrassing if i get it wrong it has medicine jar on it though i do like medicine jar that's a good song yeah. I do but that's like not that saying lot. anything about Paul. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is true. All right. I, I could have said for all Paul fucking cares, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, my favorite song is one or uh, Frederick Hermando by One in a Million. See, that, <laughs> that's a joke exclusively for Paul, Sally. Ah, uh, Because gotcha. that's um, Jimmy McCulloch's old band. Oh, oh, gotcha. From like the, the mid-60s. It's okay. actually a really good song. Real? I'll have to oh, check yeah. that out. It's it's my favorite subgenre of sixties music called freak beat. Wow. Okay, you are a punk ass kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just Kiddo tool, voice of reason. <laughs> okay. Oh She's man. no fool. That's right. I am no fool. All right. So, okay. To continue the rapid, rapid, uh, favorite album. Favorite album. There's a correct answer. It's Revolver. Yeah, that is correct. You are right. All right. Very good. I feel bad, though, when I have, you know, like, bigger name people on the show, like authors and shit, and I have Mm -hmm. to tell them that they're wrong. Yeah, right. (laughs) When they say an album other than Revolver. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. I think, like, ah. 
Bruce Spicer said like one of the Capitol albums. And I'm like, nope, sorry, it's Revolver. <laughs> Ooh, I'm sorry. Thanks for playing. Yeah. Ooh, so close. <laughs> Just like when people say, oh, it's Rubber Soul. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Yeah, not what's love even, Rubber Soul. What's but... even worse is when they say the American version of Rubber Soul. Oh, yeah. Yep, I know. All right, least favorite. Least favorite Beatles album. Um, please, please. Uh, no, let it be. Let it be. Mm-hmm. I've said that before. That's the correct answer. Least favorite Beatles album. Yeah, I... I'd have to agree with that. I mean, it's still, you know, we're talking about the Beatles, so like when I say when you say least favorite, I mean there's still good stuff on it, and it's like you if know. If you want to hear more on this argument, go listen to the episode with Scott Erickson. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. We get into a proverbial brawl oh, over dear. Let It Be. <laughs> oh dear. Oh man. So, all right, just a couple more uh, kind of bigger questions. Okay. So, um so um so one of the questions you usually ask and I do think it's very important. Why do the Beatles still matter? Uh, cuz the music still resonates with people. It it's to like kids my age. Like a lot of the music doesn't even sound particularly dated. It's not like Tommy James and the Shondells or something. Like, the Beatles music still resonates with people. And I think as long as the music resonates with people and the story of these four Dickensian street kids who made it, uh, the Beatles will always matter. And plus, as as long as there's nerds like us making (laughs) podcasts and books about them... (laughs) As long as we keep buying whatever, uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel, you know, uh, rule that Universal (laughs) decides to give us, we'll buy it. Yep. I I have to agree. No, no, uh, no offense intended, Universal. I still buy it. Yep. (laughs) That is the truth. Yeah, doesn't matter if I I think the release is a sham or not. I I'm still gonna you know, buy it. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> the Beatles singles collection from last year. <laughs> absolutely, Talk and about fucking uncreative. Yeah, right. <laughs> and having to do with your show, where do you see your show going in the future? Do you you know what what do you what do you see? I mean, you know, are you going to, do you see it going in, you know, another direction? Do, do you see it expanding in any way? What, uh, what do you see for this show? Hey there, Ethan. Hey there, listeners of Fans on the Run. Congratulations on reaching your 50th episode, dude. I know I certainly thought you were never going to make it this far, but I can't speak for the wider Beatles community, can I? Though... Over the various lockdowns, I think we've all become the wider Beatles community, haven't we? Of course, Ethan, I'd love to sit here and take the piss out of your podcast all day, but I really can't because I do enjoy it and I do listen to it. But let me just say, well done for getting this far, and hopefully your confidence will match your genuine skill and output so that you won't have to celebrate any more needlessly arbitrary occasions such as this one. Peace and love to everyone listening right now, and Ethan, I wish you all the best in the future, unless you book Mark Lewison, in which case, you can go fuck yourself.
Peace and love. Um, I, I'm going to keep doing the show as long as I find it fun. As long as I have fun doing it. And, you know, I could do five more episodes. I could do 500 more episodes. As long as there are Beatles fans out there who are able to talk about, like, why they like the Beatles, I have guests. I mean, the only issue is I'm probably going to run out of album covers <laughs> to start. Yeah. Like, even now, I had a bit of a, an existential crisis about that about a month ago. And it's like, okay, Ethan, don't panic. And I, I pulled up, like, a world discography of Beatles albums, pulled different covers, and it's like, okay, now you have... Um, now you have enough Beatles album covers to make it through the nuclear winter. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh. I haven't resorted to, like, John Lennon Life with the Lions yet, but... Who oh says my I, gosh. I, I might. I will. I will. <laughs> you could pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've already pulled off two virgins. That's true. Yeah. If you could pull that off. Yeah, well, I had the paper bag, so... Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, thank, thankfully you did. Yeah, you had the paper bag. That's true. Shout out to Ant- Anthony Rotuno for <laughs> <laughs> not getting mad. No. Oh, I bet he loved it. Oh, probably. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just some guy. No. Well, you're you're some guy that that has an incredible show, and uh, and I I thank you for playing along with uh, with this is your life. I just wanted to kind of you know just kind of guide you know do a little bit of a different kind of uh, thing than you usually do, just to kind of uh, you know just wanted to find out a little bit more about how you became a fan and and how you first discovered the Beatles and you know how you um you know who introduced you to them and and how you got into them and uh you know I think uh, I think not not only me but I think uh everybody listening I think found out a little bit uh, more about what makes you tick well they don't want to know too much about what makes me tick. Because then they be off-put it. Or no, no, off-put. no, but musically. Yeah. No, I, but I always find, and that's what I think is, is great about your show, because I think it's always, you know, fascinating to hear about, you know, musically, how people got into certain kinds of music and how they, you know, discovered uh, music. I, I always love hearing that, and, and that's what makes your so, your show so unique. Oh, now that we're talking about the show, there's, there's a couple really big thank yous I want to give. And then now that we're, uh, you know, at this momentous 50th episode, mm-hmm. um, you know, some really big early supporters of the show, uh, Tom Pagnotti, like, after, like, two or three episodes, he reached out to me and, you know, offered his support. Um, you know, a lot of the early guests, like Piers Hemmingson, he's been, you know, utterly fantastic. Uh, all of you Talk More Talk people... Like you, Tom, Ken Michaels, uh, Joe Mayo, and uh, Ken Womack mm-hmm. for, you know, being just nothing but supportive. For Our the most pleasure. Part. Our pleasure. Oh, um, and of course, you know, especially big thanks to you and uh, Susan Ryan for being kind of like my guinea pig think tank <laughs> when it comes to fans on the run. Oh, it's my pleasure, as I there, said. There's hardly a major decision that goes by on this show that I don't ask you to 
like what you think well it's it's my pleasure it's really um you know i as i said i think it's a it's a great show and and uh and it's been a you know an honor to to welcome you into the into the beetle world and wow it's i i can't believe it's actually been 50 episodes i can't either no <laughs> didn't talk more talk just hit 50 yeah <laughs> yep See that's yeah, what happens you, but, when you go up to two episodes a month. I know. When you I don't accidentally know how you do book it. yourself into a, a backlog that's way too long to manage. Yeah, you just. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how you do it. I mean, you crank those episodes out. We we're, yeah, we could. You know, we could do every you know twice a month, and that's as much as we can do. Actually, the biggest thank you I want to give is to everyone listening, because without you, it's just me crazy man screaming into the void which it still might be that but it's, it's nice if there are people listening and so if you if this is your first episode or if it's your 50th episode thanks for listening and now i kind of regain control of the show a little Aww. Kit, what would you like to plug <laughs> okay. once more as if you haven't already fucking plugged two other times on the channel <laughs> and if you didn't plug it at the start of the episode Oh, man. Well, as I mentioned, I have my books, uh, Talk More Talk, which is on every other Monday. Um, You can uh, find us on Facebook or TalkMoreTalk.com. We're also on YouTube, and you can find us on um, virtually any podcasting platform you can imagine, uh, all the ones that Ethan's on. uh, Don't don't put that on me. I don't know what I'm on. (laughs) (laughs) If you're looking for Ethan's, you you know, we're probably there yeah. too. So reach uh, out to uh, reach out to Podbean representatives and ask them mm-hmm. where where can the shows be found. There you go. There you go. What their uh, and, what their distribution reach is. Yep. And, and God knows oh, we've probably exhausted those options. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, and uh, and also, um, I think this will still be open by the time this airs. Uh, uh, I'm also going to be teaching a course um, beginning in January, late January, uh, uh, January 28th, on the history of Motown. I'll be teaching that uh, online. Through through Monmouth University. Uh, so if you're interested in learning more about the history of the label, it'll be three nights. Um, and uh, you can check out my Facebook uh, page for more information on how to register for that. Uh, you know, it's the it'll be the dead of winter in January and February. Um, you know, you're going to be stuck inside, so why not uh, join me for three nights of music and, and just fun, no tests, and uh, listening to, uh, as I said, great music, finding out about the label, and just, uh, you know, having a great time and, and escaping the, the cold weather for, uh, for a few nights. So uh, just go to my uh, Facebook page and find out more about how to register for that. And I think that's everything. I, I have one question for you. Yeah. Because you, you seem to have listened to quite a few fans on the run episodes. Mm-hmm. What What's your favorite bin? Oh. Apart from your own. <laughs> oh, And apart darn. from the second one. I like, oh, darn, you're, you're, uh, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, when in doubt, just name one of your co-hosts. Oh, no, no. Well, because actually, um, I mean, I, well, I mean, my 
gosh, you're you're putting me in a difficult position because I love. I mean, all my co-host episodes are are fabulous. <laughs> um, but uh, oh gosh, um, you know, I there's so many. I like the. Um, I actually like Anthony's. I thought that was. I mean, he's because he's such a um, Anthony Rotuno because you know he's such a, a fascinating person. And uh, and I thought your conversation with him, uh, you know, was really fascinating. Um, you know, I always am interested to hear what he has to say. And so I, I thought you guys really gelled, you know, very well. I think um, so, too. Yeah, I mean, really, I, you just, I mean, that's that's really the, the thing is not only, you know, is it, do they are they good episodes because the topic i mean that's great but it's the chemistry you know and it's funny you bring up chemistry because i failed 10th grade science oh no (laughs) well that that episode in particular i thought you know you guys really had you know great chemistry i mean you just um you know really played i think those were the i mean all the episodes are great but that one in particular i just thought you know, you guys really, you know, got along so well and, and, and really played off each other so well that it was a pleasure to listen to. They all were, but, but that one in particular I, I thought was really fun to listen to. Actually, I'm going to put that question uh, forth to the audience, too. Like, yes. leave, leave a comment below. What has been your favorite episode so far? Mm. And, you know, if you have any other comments, like you like the cover for this episode, like I, I kind of had that in mind from the very start like there's been a few notable exceptions from the catalog that i haven't used and i kind of knew from the beginning i wanted to do sergeant pepper for episode 50 oh yeah then I'd actually have, have to i'd ha- actually have the people to put behind me mm-hmm. yep yeah you have to do it i have to i'm legally required of course <laughs> <laughs> but now i'm gonna try and give my own spiel let's see if i remember how to do this so long okay so if you're if you're watching this on youtube please hit that subscribe button if you haven't been or if you aren't subscribed already uh please hit that like button if you like the video even if you didn't please hit that like button um leave a comment with whatever you're you're thinking if you have any suggestions for guests or episode ideas uh reach out to me at uh, fans on the run podcast at gmail.com we're also on you know, Facebook, Twitter, or Facebook and Instagram are both Fans on the Run podcast, and Twitter is Fans on the Run pod, because I couldn't make my username long enough. <laughs> but, and you know, the episode's available to stream everywhere. We've already been through this. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio.com, Podbean, Podbay, what, whatever the hell. Like, just Google Fans on the Run. <laughs> Actually, on that last note, I want to give a special thank you uh, to Rick Glover for coming up with the name Fans on the Run. Because I, I kind of stole it. And so I, I want to give you a, a special thank you for letting me borrow the name. Rick's awesome. Rick is awesome. And that that's about all. Kit, thank you. Thank you so much for, you know, flipping the tables and grilling me. It was my pleasure. It was a lot of fun and honored to be here for such a great milestone. 
And to everyone else out there, I think you know what I'm going to say. You can go home now. Fans on the Run is produced by Ethan Alexander. Okay, one more intrusion. And trust me, this is a good intrusion for once. Actually, no, they've all been good intrusions, but this one is specifically good to keep your ears peeled. We, I have a very special surprise, which I feel like this episode is the episode of, uh, I don't know, overindulgence. See, I'm so excited, I'm stumbling over all of my words. Um, now, some of you eagle-eyed people out there may have noticed that I've been uh, making some reoccurring uh, guest segments or spots on... Uh, uh, our good friends when they was fab with uh, Ed Chen and Lonnie Pena. Hey, 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 hey. I heard somebody calling me. Oh, yes. Where did you come from? I thought I thought you were in the other room. Uh, I snapped my fingers, and, and here I am. Well, there you go. That's the power of magic. Um, Ed, could you uh, enlighten me as to why you are here today? Do we have any sort of big announcement to make? Well, I guess we could call it that. Um... We have decided that uh, two people is not enough in a podcast booth. Two people is not enough for a podcast. And I say that as someone who posts a podcast by himself. And and so uh, myself and, and my co-host, uh, Senor Lonnie Pena, have decided that we are going to add a third party permanently, you know, a little. And who might that be? Uh well, it might be any number of people, but uh, the the one we settled on was you. Really? What? Oh man, it it's not like I have not known for about a month. Audience, I'm breaking the fourth wall here. I'm trying to uh, show you my level of excitement through a tableau. And <laughs> you're going to keep going with fans on the run. Yeah, of course I'm going to keep going with fans on the run. So just, you know what? If, if you aren't even sick yet of my nasally voice, you get to hear me twice as much now. And you that means right now, not only do you have to subscribe to fans on the run wherever you get your podcasts, if you haven't already, go subscribe to When They Was Fab everywhere else. That is indeed a fact that people should... Uh, listen to now uh you uh now, you have to listen to him <laughs> indeed I, i've got that deep authoritative voice which i do not yet have so uh i guess people who haven't listened to our show might wonder well what's the difference between your show and this other thing that ethan's been doing for 50 episodes now yes i'm wondering that myself what is the difference well, um, well, we do have a lot of the same guests on. Yes. It, it's one big happy Beatle family. However, uh, Ethan does his own thing on Fans on the Run. You know, he, he's got a series of questions, and he's really sort of more interested in finding out the, uh, the inner light ha, 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 of, uh, of, of his guests. That is correct. Whereas uh, when they was fab, it tends to be a more topically based show. Which, as you listeners out there will know, uh, Fans on the Run is not exactly a show that stays in the same topic for the same place very long. 
but it is something I would like to do because I've been itching to, you know, talk about specific things. So if you want to list, if you want to hear uh, seven or eight weeks about the Plastic Ono band box, uh, or let's see, I don't know how many weeks we're going to be covering uh, both Get Back and Let It Be when it finally comes out this fall. Uh, I'll put that a solid 28. Oh, okay, so you think you think the whole the whole latter half of the year is going to be dedicated to that? Most likely. But and and lest you think I'm joking, we just spent uh five weeks on the Flaming Pie Deluxe Edition this past year. Well, we spent two weeks on the Wilburys. Uh indeed, indeed. And that was just the videos. One of them is forthcoming yet, the part. Yeah. So you'll find that uh, sometime within the next two weeks. Yeah, it's coming up. Uh, yeah, it's coming up soon. It's coming out. Uh, it's coming out between now and sometime in 2022. Well, we don't know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, or why it's going to happen. We just cannot predict the future. See, and that's why I think we're such a good fit. Okay, great. Any, anything else you think you think that's enough for your listeners i i think that's more than enough for our listeners so ed thank you for for paying a little quick visit over here to our 50th episode spectacular even though we kind of heard from you a little bit yes, you uh, did you did doing your whole you know Abbott and costello routine with lonnie yeah indeed so uh join our facebook group uh now you'll have yet another way to reach ethan and since he's the new guy he gets to read the email 